was super into heavy metal. Yeah. And he just came back for the new album. And welcome to the Donald Friend Podcast. My name is Warren. I will be your host this evening, and I'm finally with our complete group and our complete set, so I'm really excited about this episode for tonight. With me, I have a bunch of my friends, so what we're going to do is go quickly around of what we've been uh, drinking currently, what we've been watching, and then kind of get into our main feature, which is I'm really excited about this movie tonight. So... Let's chat. Let's get into it and talk about Mike. What's going on, man? What you uh, what you drinking? Yeah, let's talk about Mike. Um, so I'm drinking some UFO White. Uh, this is like my go-to, like not terrible Bud Light, but like not like a craft beer beer. Um, some good stuff, nice and refreshing on this hot hot night. It's a good beer. I've been sick for the, like the last like two to seventeen weeks, so I really haven't mm-hmm. been watching too much. Half a year. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I haven't been watching too much because I've just kind of like got home from work and gone to bed. Um, but in terms of what I've been drinking, I think it's crazy that all the October beers are out now. And yeah. it is the last week in August. Yeah, still summer technically. Like, it's it's amazing seeing pumpkin head beer out. And it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not even going to be ready for that in September. Honestly, I'm not even ready for that early October. Like, it's got to be mid-October... Orange on the trees for me to even touch that. There's orange brown trees there? Orange grows all over the trees. Oh, okay. um, I just got an email from Starbucks saying pumpkin spice <laughs> latte. PSL, oh, bro! Dude, everyone's hyping up the, the... Basic bitch is coming out. Oh, <laughs> yo, we're all going to be... So we're in the, the northeast, so we see it in the winter. We see a lot of those Han Solo chicks uh, with the, the, the tall brown boots, the black leggings, and the, the, the vests. <laughs> Han Solo look. Yeah, bro. I was like, I'm so confused. They just need a couple of Armenian friends, and then they could have their Wookiee going there. True. Uh, shout out to my, my buddy George, who's Armenian, and Harry AF. Um, <laughs> true. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to next time we do this, uh, which will I probably won't be here for a while, but um, next time we do this, uh, definitely try and get that tailgate. Park and yeah. we'll do that. But we'll get you up in the Skype to hopefully see if you can still necessarily do this. Try a couple of Skype things. We still got Derek as far, far away currently for right now, but we'll try a couple things. But, sure. uh, Brylin, uh, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How yeah. you doing? Oh, very well, very well. Uh, what you, uh, what you, uh, drinking? What you been watching? Uh, I've been, I'm drinking Seven Sevens again. Okay. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Keep on trucking. And, um... This past week, what I did was I. It's my first time actually uh, experiencing the Amazon Prime like pilot season, and they do this very unique thing of pres- having people create pilots and giving them and letting people watch them. And they kind of it's kind of a democratized experience of how you do television programming, which I think is a pretty neat experiment. Do you know? Um, I don't think you vote. It's all based on viewing patterns. Okay. And based on viewing patterns, they choose which shows go to series. Hmm. 
And so the shows I saw, uh, I saw the new live action tech pilot series. So if you ever watched tech cartoon show or read tech comics uh, or the other tech live action series, um, they had Ben Edlund, the creator of the tech, help out with this show. Uh, and it's really good. It's actually really, um, it's really actually made to be uh, very long lines of the same type of tick live action show. It has that same tick dry humor to it, but they take a very uh, dark overtone to it this time. So they have some really neat uh, concepts behind mental illness and stuff that are really good. So I definitely recommend watching it. And then the other thing I watched was Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which is a new pilot starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Felicia Rashad. And it's a, it is hilarious. It's one of the funniest things I've seen uh, in many, many years. Uh, have, has anybody seen JCPD, uh-uh. the movie? So it's, like a, it's a movie where Jean-Claude pretty much makes fun of himself. And this pilot goes along those same lines, and he's making fun of himself, but he's also taking to another level to pretty much lampoon the hell out of his whole action movie career. JCVD was kind of like a mockumentary almost. It was, yeah. yeah. It's like him talking about himself, but also being very tongue-in-cheek, Yeah, making fun of himself. I, I would love to spoil the hell out of this for y'all, but I know y'all are... Totally against that. Just because I really want to talk to someone about this, and I can't find someone who's seen it yet. So definitely watch <laughs> Jay, uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Y'all love it. And after watching it, I think Felicia Rashad would have been an awesome Amanda Waller, too. So. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd be interesting, too. Amanda Waller from Suicide Squad? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, spoiler alert. It wouldn't have saved that movie. It's not a spoiler at all. And thank you for... That's a nice segue. Guillermo! Yay, I'm back! How's it going? After what, like four months? A year? No. Years. I've never met this man before. Yeah, I, I, at I, least I, four or five months. I think the last time we saw you was for the. Uh, Ori- no, it was for the first back then. episode of Go. Go? God. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Do you see, how do you say it? Do you see God? You pronounce it Game of Thrones. GOT? Yes. I don't know. Um, what? But welcome back, man. Hey, man. Nice to see you. Yes. Good to see you. Good to I'm see you. What you been right drinking? Right already already drink. And uh, what have you been drinking? And what have you been watching? Uh, wine. What kind of wine? I don't know. A crate that we bought on Wall Street Journal. <coughs> oh, like currently? No. What's that one? No. So that's pretty cool. So you buy. It's it's essentially a curated um, box of wine. I think you pay like 150, 160 bucks. And they give you like 16 bottles of wine or 15 bottles of wine. And then they curate it for you depending on or like original um, settings. So you go in and you're like, yeah, I usually want like like fruity wines or like dry wines or whatever. So you kind of like set it up like a little bit. And then they start giving you selections from there. And they also do it for like it's winter or summer, fall, whatever. Oh, cool. Now the trick is if you want to get like the really, really cool curated experience, you have to work on your list. So you have to be like, yeah, I like this one, so I want to get either the same wine again or something similar to it. And it's really, really cool. And I don't I don't know if you get like a, a good deal in terms of, oh yeah, I'm buying like a bottle of wine that normally is like 30 bucks, but I'm getting a part of, a part of the deal. I really don't know the prices of the wine that, that much. 
But I think that for 150, 160 bucks, yeah, but 10, getting like bucks 10, 12 bottles of wine, maybe yeah. 15, something like that, it's not that bad. And it's been really good wine so far. Um, so, I mean, if you want it, it's the Wall Street Journal Wine Club or whatever. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but currently, Apothecary... Apothecary... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's good. It's good wine too. Cheap. Which one watching? Um, I'm re-watching Buffy. And I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Like, like a lot. Like, I didn't remember that this show was this good. Um, and then on Hulu, I'm watching a couple of their original shows. I'm watching Casual and Difficult People. Both interesting enough to keep watching. I don't know if necessarily good. Hmm. But they're, like, in- interesting enough that you want to see what happens in the next week. Um, Mr. Robot is back, so I'm watching season two. Yes. Um, and... Another period, which is fucking phenomenal. Dude. That show oh my is God. fucking phenomenal. I've been waiting literally all summer for someone else to be watching that show. I've been watching since first season. Did it's you so did good. you just watch the finale? Where last week? Uh yeah, last week. Uh Beatrice is in the nun and uh Lillian's in the like the bridal gown. Spoiler alert. No, not yet. Show. Oh my god. I gotta watch this one. Oh my god, dude. It's it's the only Comedy Central show that w- like original humor show that will probably get a third season. Oh, it's it's really good, but it's good in, in that ridi- like absolutely ridiculous. It's better of, than Broad yeah, season. Yeah, I think it's better. I saw no one, one's seen it. No one's seen it. But What's yes. the name of it? Another period. Another period. I uh, currently on Hulu they have like three or four uh, episodes. They don't have the whole <coughs> second season because they like deleted. You know that that so it's like weird digital rights. Thing. Yeah. Um, they don't have the first season anymore, but I'm pretty sure if you're creative, you can kind of like find it. It's ridiculous, but like like completely like it's it's like they took Downton Abbey, and they're like, yeah, this is so stupid that we're gonna make it. Like the, the way the way it's, it's so funny good. the Downton Abbey. The way I originally described it was um, the Kardashians in 1900. Yes, exactly. It's exactly, exactly that. Exactly and it's that. it's all it's all ex members of the state as well as these two oh, girls. Oh, that makes sense. As well as these two girls that one of them, Natasha Leggero, she like no one you'd never hear of her. But she's like this very but successful writer. Um and comedian. Like she's she's a standard comedian. Very, yeah. very successful, like in a kind of an underground sense. Um actually it's been popping up more and more in some movies lately. <laughs> Um, and Nikki, whatever she's really good. Like, but but the both of those write that those shows, yeah. and like it's amazing. Yeah, it's, I'm glad someone else is watching. It's it's really really good, cool. really good. Yeah, definitely get check it out. Big man, Jesse, what's uh, going? Doing, doing. Yeah. Tired, sleepy, but here. Good, good. Thanks, thanks for being here. Hey. Uh, what you been watching? What you been drinking? Uh, I'm currently drinking my usual Harpoon Take Five. Um, it's nice. It's a basic beer. I drink it a lot. Basic beer? I honestly haven't really watched anything. Like, I haven't watched anything. I've been coming home from work and just wanting to eat and then go to bed, and then, uh, today was my first day off, so we went and saw, uh, Kubo. So it's like, and, uh, we recorded last week, so I haven't really watched anything. Did we record last week? It was like a week ago. You didn't watch the movie last week, so that's. I was there. Yeah, I was there. I didn't watch the movie. Okay. 
Cool. But uh, yeah, really not really not much TV. Um, I did watch a couple of the uh, the old Flesher Superman car- cartoons. Nice. Anyone? Any, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. Um, but that's yeah. Oh. Mostly just eating and sleep. No, Sorry, at this point. Mm-hmm. Ways of life. Josh, how's it going, man? Hey. Uh, what you uh? What you been watching? What you been drinking? Uh, well, right now I've just got the uh, apothic that uh, Sir Warren has shared with us here. Sure did. Um, but I haven't been watching really anything new per se since we last recorded. Um, just kind of when I want to fall asleep, I'll rewatch episodes of Friends. Just because it's on all on Netflix now. I never got into uh, that show. I rewatched. Friends is so good. Yeah, Friends yeah, is, really is so it's, good. It's really funny. It's like that '90s show now. That yeah. '90s show? They like, made that yeah, show. The yeah. Yeah. Show, yeah. It lasted about four episodes. No, they made that '80s show. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. '80s yeah. show. Got I was like, they made that '90s show. <laughs> That's. What they will mean. eventually. Like uh, Scrubs after seasons like one through five. <laughs> no. It was that intern this season? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Terrible. And then uh, I rewatched all the Stranger Things again. Just so nice. that was So good. So good to watch. So good. Um, but other than that, just keeping up with the usual news esque programs. The comedy news. Oh. Uh, Stephen uh, Colbert or Noah? Trevor uh, Noah? Yeah. Or... Daily Show. Nightly Show is canceled now. As we all found out. Was that good? Wait. Not no. really. Oh, so it's not. It's not like. Larry Whitmore's good. It's just the. It's sloppy. It. Yeah, it's, it's sloppy. Yeah. Dude, when they laughed at Bill Nye about liking science, I was done with that show. Yeah. It was, uh, it wasn't great. Which, uh, now you say. I just, I just didn't like Larry Whitmore as a comedian. Now you say that, um, I didn't notice until today that Chelsea has a show, kind of like a, like a show on Netflix. Uh, that comes in like yeah. three times a like, week, and then it's like Chelsea Clinton. No, uh, Chelsea Clinton. Ha- What's her name? Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler. Yeah, yeah. You're so. fish. <laughs> oh, rush hour. Thank you. Oh, uh, uh, yes, Chelsea Handler. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I didn't. I mean, it's cool that Netflix is doing that. Kind of like a variety show, and they're like, yeah, we can put it up like every, every, every hour of the day, and then you can watch it after the fact. I never thought she was funny. Yeah. I, was I mostly have been paying. She has more. funny moments. I haven't watched the the show, so I don't know if she's she's capable of doing like a funny show. Hmm. It's mostly John Oliver for me. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Last week, Tony. This is the best. Pretty solid. I mean, he's just on break too often, so it's like yeah. you gotta wait a couple weeks to see it. But he still comes out for gold. So it's always good. Yeah, that was good. Um, and I'm the host, Warren. Uh, I am also drinking the Apothic Red Crush. I actually tweeted them from our um, other Twitter account, uh, Friends with Blends, with me, Derek, and Megan, to try to find a new blend they came out with called Apothic uh, Red Inferno. And apparently they you made the have it. I can't find it. And wow. if they can sponsor us, uh, it would be great. That would be sweet. Any wine company, for that matter, trust me. Um, so I tweeted them, hopefully... Cocaine okay wine? <laughs> Uh, That's hopefully. part of the joke of uh, another period. They drink cocaine wine. Oh, I yeah. mean, can we get some of that? I mean, not like I want to try it or anything. Hey, apothic. Just so, I mean, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm drinking apothic. Uh, tweeted them. 
Uh, I've been watching a bunch of stuff, but to keep it a bit brief, the only thing that I'm going to be talking about for today was one thing that you mentioned it from watching another period. And I do want to bring up that I haven't had a chance to watch this, but I do really want because I know you guys love Louis C.K. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. But have you seen his show, Horace and Pete? No, I heard no, a lot about no. it, though. Yeah. Have you heard a little bit? I know, Brylan, because this is not a show that's on any stream. No, I know, at all. I know he made it sort of in secret. Yeah. And he funded it himself. Yep. Apparently, it's phenomenal from everything that I've seen, and uh, Corey have seen it. Yeah. So we, me and him have been talking about it a little bit, and he bought all the episodes. Can you buy it as a, as a full season now? I, I think, think, I think you can buy it on his website. Okay. That's um, the only place you can buy it. Yeah, I think so. So this is that's my next thing to, to watch, because I heard this show gets into some really, really deep stuff, whether it's drug use, uh, abuse, like a lot of different stuff like that. There are a few so of his stand-ups good. on Netflix right now. Yeah? Oh, that's right. Yeah, there are like three or four of his stand-ups right now on Netflix. And also, PSA... There's a bunch of George Carlin uh, shows on Apple Music right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Cool. Um, the, the other big thing that I do want to uh, talk about what I've been watching and, and before we go into the actual feature was uh, The Get Down. Has anybody... Mm, it's on my to-do list. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. So, I'm not going to say any kind of spoiler things. There's only six episodes. This is part one. They are coming out with part two. I'm not entirely sure when. But it's six episodes. The first episode is an hour and a half. Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith, is actually in the show. He does a pretty solid job. Just about that and a couple other characters, everybody's brand new. Um, all new. Uh, it's really a lead by Shanique Moore, who actually was in Dope. So if you've seen that movie, he actually kind of this. That movie's also really good. Yeah. Um, I would say kind of going into, go into the show Open Mind. It's from a huge budget. I mean, Nas was one of the producers and Boz Lerman was the actual um, director. It has a huge budget. I think over $100 million to do the show. Yeah. Wow. This budget is huge. But just by the way that they perf- they're actually portraying and they're restoring certain things. Um, it's a very quirky show. It has a lot of weird and interesting elements. Very artistic and very deep what they're doing so the one thing i would say is when you do go into the show just obviously kind of keep an open mind and definitely get to the first couple three episodes before you say okay i don't want to watch anymore mm-hmm. and i i am completely against that theory but certain things happen and they introduce certain characters and certain ideals and stuff like that that's a, it's reoccurring throughout the entire episode the first thing that got me into this show is right when i ended stranger things this is a netflix original so, Stranger Things ended. This immediately popped up on the 12th of August. And the first thing that um, a reviewer talked about was The Get Down is like a, as another modern day sort of um, superhero film. Oh, it is? Uh, or superhero kind of show, almost. And I was like, what the hell does he mean by that? I didn't read the article because uh, I, yeah, I knew it was going to be spoilers. So, I ended up kind of just watching the show and I got a lot out of it. And I would say I need to go back and rewatch it again because that show is absolutely solid so the get down that's what i've been watching um it's on netflix you have the six episodes so please please go watch that go check it out if you have seen horace and pete feel free to go ahead and tweet us we'll talk about it a little bit because i'm probably going to be watching that by this week um but the big news that we do want to talk about today was um the passing pretty sad yeah that was today right yeah Yeah. Yeah. was he sick away i don't know he i know he was 83 years old yeah Someone, yeah, really. someone told me that uh, he had been battling Alzheimer's. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't affect the... It does. It's a brain degenerative. Oh, you lose okay. your memory first and then your brain just goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so Gene Walla passed away and I literally know everything on Facebook and everything that's going to be up there was all just too hilarious. 
that I've been watching from Young Frankenstein and freaking never seen that movie. They were talking about you've never seen. What's, oh, it's so good. I was good. just saying, let's go around the room. What's your favorite Gene Wilder film? I and why? I haven't seen a lot, but I was telling you guys one of my <laughs> first movies because I love Richard Pryor. Yes. Was uh, See No Evil, yeah. Hear No Evil, something yeah. like that, and it's amazing it's an amazing movie i think it's dean wilder can't see and then richard pryor can't hear and they function together like they're trying to be like a single person or something like that it's it's so fucking funny that you wouldn't even believe how funny it is there's another one that they, they came out with uh, those two now oh. now yeah. did now they, they actually both passed did they did they do the uh, Roosters Millions? No, no. that was uh, oh, that was just, Pryor, Pryor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Richard Pryor. That was just Richard Pryor. Which but by the way, that was Oh, that's true. There, there was another one which I know. I don't know if it was maybe seen or hear or able, but um, Richard Pryor was in the actual jail cell and he's trying to like light a match and he's like freaking out. He's like trying to light it, trying to light off his face. And he's trying to like light this match and trying to light this guy's cigarette. And he's freaking out. The guy grabs his hand and like lights it off his chest. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> he grabs. Did you hear that the, the story that Pryor did? Of that when they made when they were making that movie. Uh-uh. So prior, it's it's on one of his uh, stand-ups. He goes like, "Yeah, I go with Gene to one of the, the like the like an actual jail to like prepare for the for the for the for the for the um for the part." And then the guy goes after after the fact. They go like, "Yeah, dude, this guy was really nice. He was trying to like." You know, getting to know him, it's like, no, Gene, he was trying to rape you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, no, that dude was so nice. He was trying to, like, you know, he was very touchy. He was very warm. It's like, no, he was trying to fuck you, bro. Um, I, was, I didn't know they were good friends. I thought they just happened to, like, make movies because they were, like, big stars. Joe. I didn't know they were really good friends. I would say, it's a, uh, for me, it's a kind of a toss-up because I just watched a bunch of clips from Young Frankenstein today. I haven't seen it. It was just hilarious. But I know the thing for me that got me into my role of having my degree in musical theater and everything was char- like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And mm. a, he had a very, he's basically a cameo in that, but he's such a smart-witted, like, quick-tongued, like, oh, well, he's basically an adult telling kids to shut the hell up the yeah. entire time. Um that is a really good so, movie. So I, I, I mean, and I just thoroughly enjoy that movie, like his role in that. So I, I'm not sure. It's kind of a toss between those two. Um, I, re- I, I think I've seen Young Think It's Frank Stein within the last maybe ten years. So it's pre- still fairly recent. It was very old. Um, and that movie still right now when I was taking the tea home, I was still laughing at the part. So it's, it's a like, comedy movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a comedy. And the part that he's like. It's three words. Rhymes. Oh my gosh, it's it's very funny. So probably that one. It's a very funny movie, yeah. and uh, I would have to give the shout out to Joe. Yeah, he has the uh, tattoo yeah, on, his legs, on his uh, on his leg. Based, yeah. Oh, based yeah, on my true. love of Star Wars, you'd think that Spaceballs would be it. Um, no, that's never mind. No, that's, that's right. Right. Yeah, never mind. That joke doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, it's Blazing Saddles. That's no, yeah, yeah, Blazing Saddles. I, I, I was probably gonna go with Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah. Willy Wonka. Have Blaz- you seen Blazing Saddles? Blazing Saddles. You've never seen Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is hands down the greatest comedy of all. It's. It <laughs> might be. It. It really Even might be. Better than Holy Grail. Oh yeah. Uh, Airplane's pretty up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. It's like. It's like. Yeah. Blazing Saddles and. Airplane and Holy Grail, like they're all like very. That's the Holy Trinity. That's yeah. all. Yeah, it really is. No, but say, like, I've seen two out of the three, three of those movies. But it seriously is. It it kind of makes me sad because a movie like Blazing Saddles could never get made no. now. 
But yeah, it really yeah. just says, like, all right, we don't care. Let's just make a movie that we find funny. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it unbelievably funny. Nice. Um, yeah. And his character, Jim, the Waco Kid, is fantastic. Just, like, he has some of the best jokes. And he has some really good, like, social insight, too. There's, like, a really good <coughs> scene where uh, Clavon Little plays the sheriff. and Did he? Did he, he, he walks into this town. It's all white people. He's black. And then when they first see him, definitely derogatory comments are given to him. And so he's sitting there, like, crestfallen in his office. And uh, Gene Wilder's like, what do you think would happen? And, like, asking Gene himself, Wilder's character is also in jail. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and he's a drunk. He's, yeah, he's the drunk. He's just in the cell. Yeah, and he's like, you think they're going to tell you, have a nice day? Marry my daughter? Have this pie? It's like, no, these are people of the earth. People that work for a living. You know, morons. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like one of my favorite lines ever of any movie. It's amazing. I feel like that's intu- intellectually like very descriptive of who we are as people. Because you choose that one line. And maybe my favorite line of that entire movie is, We're going to need a shit ton of nickels. <laughs> like, simple, but just works. Um... I just need to watch the movie. Yeah, it's it's maybe one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I would definitely recommend it. It's sad that we don't have that type of comedians anymore. Yeah. I think that the closest thing might be Louis C.K. in terms of like social commentary. Well, in Dave Chappelle, back when he was doing the Chappelle show. But yeah, yeah. but it, those, I, actually, those you know what? Guys. Kim Peele. Kim you know, I think Kim Peele is. is, is, is they just stopped though. But they stopped, yeah. yeah. So, so what was it? Their um, show was so phenomenal, man. The and they one? tackle a bunch of like, like things in that show. Yes. I think they were super hit or miss for me, but I the New England Patriots show. just signed a guy named Barcavius Mingo, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Um, so of course I went back and watched the. The like the uh, the basketball the, no, the East thing. West yeah. uh, football game and I think that like Keepiel either made me laugh like crazy or I just got nothing out of them and I think that really illustrates one of like the the best things about like race based comedy where like they said all these like crazy things and at the end they had Dan Smith from BYU yeah. which is like the whitest <laughs> college and he was the punter yeah. and like it's like for everyone who's like watched college sports yeah. like you get yeah. accustomed you're like that's exactly how it is that's amazing that's on point and hilarious like to bring shot for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a real that's a real guy that was that really guy's name ha ha Clinton dick yeah. <laughs> you don't even think that guy's real but that's a real that's, that's a real, real dude ah oh, it's so hey, hey, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no I, I think it's it's very rare when people and we talked about this a couple episodes ago where it's very rare for people to actually somehow transcend comedy that won't immediately get called out by a bunch of social justice warriors that's A, funny, but B, mm-hmm. actually a, actually a, like a good commentary on like society as a whole. Well, even listening to George Carlin, I don't think George Carlin could have made comedy now. No, no, that man sold tickets, you know, a day or two before he died. Um, when he was giving his last shows, he sold tickets based on his oh, legacy. Shit, I didn't realize George Carlin was passed away. Oh, he passed away like two or three years ago. Yeah, we'll say like five years. Is I'm getting him mixed up with Louis Black? No, Louis, Louis Black is still. He's still, yeah. yeah. Satan is absolutely still propping that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> My work is not done. 
So the one thing I would say is, you know, definitely rest in peace. Yeah. Gene Wilder. Very sad. Start of an end um, of an era. This 2016 has been tough. It's been rough, yeah. Um, but it's okay, because we know that there's still a lot of life, a lot of life to go. A lot of awesome things that can happen. So, um, as we end on that slightly sad note, let's talk about a bit of a happy note as we transition into our feature main event. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about the newest movie, one of the newest movies from the um, animation studios of... Laika. Laika, thank you. Um, Kubo in the Two Strings, which stars uh, the kid from Game of Thrones. Regan Stark. Yes, which is awesome. I had to look that oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, Michelle Pfeiffer, Rife Fines, Charlie Wait, did you guys recognize the voices? I couldn't. And Voldemort. I yeah, but, yeah. Right, fine. I think they cut the dragon at the end's nose for the Voldemort reference. <laughs> no. Well, the dragon didn't have a nose. That's hilarious. That's all I could think of. That'd be awesome. I, I give Michelle Pfeiffer a mix of all time. Yeah. But uh, let's start it up, and uh, we're gonna move a bit into like kind of our wins. Try to keep it. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch of spoilers. So the one thing I would say is that if you haven't seen this movie, feel free to stop. Feel free to pause. I know we've been talking for a little bit already. But if you haven't seen this movie, at least definitely go see it. I would say it's, it's pretty much a it's a family movie. It's a yeah. family movie. Yeah, it's, it's heavy, but it's, a good uh, movie. Know, it's about man. as much of a family movie as Coraline. Yeah, that's a good way of putting no, it. No, I don't think it's as dark as Coraline. Coraline was very dark. dark. Coraline was pretty dark. There are some scary moments. There are some real scary moments. Yeah, but it, okay. Oh, I mean, we we can talk about that because I I would feel like if you're talking about Paranorman, Box Trolls, Coraline, and Kubo and the Two Strings, that's the four. So one of the most recent movies that came out. That's with. all their movies, actually. Oh, really? I think there's one more. I mean, if you keep all of those other movies in mind, then you'll probably get about the same tone for this movie. Okay. Was I, it, it makes me wish they made a like hard 10? R like horror film. Like they should make a horror movie. It would be, be I amazing. Mean, Coraline creeped. The, Coraline freaked me out, and I was kind of like, I have no idea what's gonna happen. That's what. I thought that movie was way darker than Kubo, just for me. Kubo was PG, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think they all were PG. I'm a lot of five-year-olds see this. You a lot of five-year-olds see it? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's got some important life lessons, yeah. even though mm-hmm. it is. It has some dark tones. I think it's it's a it's colorful enough and enjoyable enough. I think there were enough frightening moments that you guidance. probably would have wanted to gone with, like maybe into the tweens. Yeah, I, I would have gone for like maybe it's like PG seven, seven to eight. eight. Yeah, we'll do seven or eight. Seven, yeah, okay. seven or eight. So okay. depends on the actual sort of um, the, the parent here. The parent but um, I would I would say, and for me, I would bring my family to this movie. Uh, obviously, because I'm just a terrible person. I, don't <laughs> know. Your children, uh, I would I would bring my children to this movie because I think it was kind of interesting. And they'll see a little bit more of kind of the, like these deeper sort of darker tones are kind of what you're probably going to see if you've studied anything in history as you kind of go in through the world anyway. So you may as well see it come a different line that they paint a, a, a bit of a different picture through stop motion, through a bit of a CG, through animation of talks about, you know, the um, relationship between a, a boy and his parents and his family. So that's kind of just my point. But um, let's start with um, some, some wins for this actual movie. And uh, like I said, if you haven't seen the movie, please go watch it. Stop the podcast right now and then resume a little bit later. Um, but uh, let's start with... I'll start. I want to start. Okay. Cool. Um, 
When? It's just it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. The the <coughs> soundtrack and the and the the music is amazing. I f I feel like the voices were really good too. The voice of the kid was so good, and the way that like the facial expression, like you can almost see that they took, or even like on on the facial expression of the old lady, that you can almost see that they they really really went in. They saw how the lady moved like her face and and like how she reacted to stuff and then they animated the 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 character um it 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 was really good really good for that i just didn't care that much about the the story um but i i think it's a solid movie and if you go watch it watch it in 3d like it you will probably enjoy it way more or or I won't say enjoy it, but you will appreciate even more the craftsmanship that goes into that type of movie. It's like looking at a 60s Ferrari. Do you, do you see it as a piece of art or do you weight it on machinery? Like, how, how do you, like, yeah. how do you approach this movie? I mean, you talk about a lot of good points. Let's uh, move to Jesse and let's talk about some, uh, some wins for this movie. So, I'm going to piggyback off Guillermo on what he just said. I went to school for animation, so, like, I, I did a lot of, like, studies and things like that we did a lot a little bit on claymation and with that in mind like when i was watching the movie i was actually getting distracted with me just being like how the frig did they do that like especially the water effects yeah and like i was sitting there i'm like how yeah. did they do the waves like this yeah. doesn't make any sense or the fucking birds or the, the birds, birds and like the, the hair the hair on the monkey it's that's yeah. impossible yeah. it's i'm that, like i'm pretty sure it's cgi and they haven't told they, they did they did they did they did use no CGI. they didn't use cg they did use cg for some things uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty cool. sure in the credits we saw a CG. I love well, that. Well, they used the CG for it was, like it was. It was. They did a mix between both. It was same thing they do with all their movies. All their movies are not 100 percent stop motion. They do a bunch of stop motion where it was like 85 <laughs> percent, and then they overlay CG over some. Well, it's just like for example, that, that scene for look movement. That scene where they do the like the the sunset. I'm like. I, I could cry just like yeah, looking at the scene. Man. Or like the And boat. there's no way they could have done that with just lighting. Well, I mean, I don't know if they did that. I don't know right. exactly. But you know what I'm saying? Like it makes it more after this, yeah. but I don't think it's I think one of their bigger claims is that most of it is. But but again, same thing like you said, the fur. Like if you ever watch the original King Kong, fur and stop motion is not an easy thing. Like it, it's not an easy thing to pull off. And like so every time that damn monkey was on the screen, I was trying to find like the cracks in in the design. You see the thumbprints. Yeah, I was trying to find <laughs> thumbprints and things like that, and it wasn't there. And I was like, oh, maybe they they took it out. Like, I don't know. It was it was a great visual film. My only complaint is the story. Same thing. We're not talking about criticism. Uh, we're not talking about criticism. Yeah. No. <laughs> we're talking about wins for the actress. But yeah. Uh, the that music is, it was so from gorgeous. a technical space that movie was it makes me want to see more claymation I really hope that the, the movie does well from what I've been hearing it hasn't been doing well like not a lot of people are seeing it but it, it makes me look forward to seeing more things from this company and they were also saying too that this movie was the start of like a, a franchise like they were going to make sequels like <laughs> Kubo and the Dragon Monster or Kubo and the blah 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 Kind of like that's why this one was Kubo and the Two Strings. It's the first of a series. So I would watch the series in a heartbeat. 
Um, but it also, I, God, I wish they made like a monster movie or a horror movie or something more aimed at adults. And I don't think they'll ever do it because there's no money in it. Mm. But yeah, that's my that's my good things. I'll, I'll pass it along now. Yeah, I think I mean yeah, this is a fucking beautiful movie and. Uh, someone that's seen stop motion from like that Harryhausen, um, Sinbad and the Seven Voyages, or uh, Walls and Gromit, or the Simple Sesame Street claymation that they used to do. Walls and Gromit. Yeah, I used to. That's I mean, I, so I, mean I always thought those were brilliant. I love seeing like that you could tell that it's made out of clay. And then when I look at this movie, I'm like, how the hell did they pull any of this off? And this is supposed to be clay modeling and they'll show in the credits like one like a time lapse of how they that did was really it. cool I, I like, really like that they included that yeah. that's a big win for me yeah and um, I, I enjoyed the story is simple but I think it's very effective for what they're trying to get over I, I like that they use a Japanese theme and setting because the story is a very Japanese paced story as well it's not necessarily about having a defined plot it's more about the experience and just getting the symbology out of what you're watching um, one thing that really touched me is just uh, it's a story about a kid that has to grow up fast and kind of become a parent to his own parents yeah and it's that's something that I can very much relate to as well and also the music was beautiful I mean you both yeah that's not good. the, oh the music God. is amazing and even though it, did you catch the, uh, the even though it's, it's in, the, in the credit they did why my guitar gently weeps yeah, that's, 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 that's what they just did it yeah, yeah. wow Regina Spector Regina Spector made one of the greatest covers of all time yeah and this, mm. for this movie too so I really thought that was fantastic as well and I thought the voice acting was I mean, fantastic. Um, and it's a, it's a brilliant movie. I, I would definitely see this again. Josh? I will see this again for the simple fact of every what everybody's been talking about, just because I love the art of the movie. Um, at first, when, I, when the movie first started, even that opening sequence where he does his usual line that you're going to hear repeated again throughout the film, yeah. I was like... Okay, I almost, it, like, that line intrigued me, and then I almost got a little frustrated because I was like, oh, I, I didn't know what I was coming into in this movie, and it's, like, very, I don't know if this is accurate for traditional, like, Asian film, but they, it might be, like, an Americanized version of it, um, but I, I know that everybody's been saying that the story is, might be the weaker part of this movie, but I think it also has a lot of wins in terms of... They're marketing to a family, and it's very much a family-driven story. Um, and then, especially one that hit home was like uh, the whole line where they were talking about um, even before you went on your big adventure, you were a hero to your mother. I thought that was really cool, um, especially for anybody that's like taking care of somebody who might be suffering from Alzheimer's or like any kind of other illness. So I think the story was solid. It just was so out... It was just outshined by the technical aspects of the movie because the music's brilliant. The sound is brilliant. Everything is so well-designed. And, like, that giant skeleton, while I think that was a scary scene for children, 
it was like, fuck, that was cool. Yeah. Yep. Like, that was so cool. Yeah. That scene with his glowing eyes. Even the eyeballs in the water, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, oh, yeah. that was so good. Cool. Yeah, that creeped me out more than the skeleton. Right. Yeah, just yeah. random. Oh, yeah. It wasn't connected to anything. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. It was almost like the Finding Nemo, like the little glowing yeah. light. It was just like they were sucked into it. And then once they had them, they had hold of them. Um, but I think the movie was brilliant. I was... Uh, I didn't know what to expect coming in because I literally, I think that might be their fault is um, they probably didn't put enough money into advertising. So I saw the one advertisement at the mall and that was the most I had heard about this movie. I was just looking up to their, they had a $60 million budget and they've only made 30 million back so far. Yeah. So it's it's tanking pretty bad. Well, it just, just opened. It's only been in theaters for three days. A week and a half. Yeah. A week and a half? Yeah, we saw it the, not the opening week. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of wins, like, I'll echo what Brian said, that I think a lot of, at least all the Kung Fu movies I've seen, um, have mostly been simplistic plots. Like, there's the bad guy. Let's collect some stuff and get, uh, you know, whether that's physical items or knowledge or a combination of both, and then defeat the bad guy. So I really don't hold the plot against it. I, I thought the plot was good. It was just a plot. Like, you know, was, you know there's a lot of other things going on. Um, I think there's a couple things that really, like, stood out for me. Um, in terms of this, I, I thought this was the best Zelda story ever put into film. Yes. That's it, pretty cool. Like, it, it's, it really was. When you talked about it and... There was such a big, every Zelda, and you know, Zelda, like, Ocarina of Time is one of my favorite games that hit when I was a child, and I've played it a million times since then, and the emphasis on using an instrument as part of your, like, repertoire, as, like, a weapon, uh, if you will, or, like, an item to solve puzzles was amazing. I thought that was an incredible, like, distinction to make. I also thought that they did a really good job of... Uh, to go a little bit more technical on this, like you could think of a film score as having like three separate entities with maybe let's call three separate music groups. So you could have Western music, non-traditional, or everywhere else basically because we're American Western rules. And then you have atonal. Um, and then on the the instrument side, you have Western instruments, non-Western instruments, and electronic instruments. And I think they did a really, really cool job of juggling the non-Western instruments and the non-Western harmonies versus the Western instruments and the Western harmonies and bouncing back and forth between that to really underscore like, oh, we want this to be really standout versus this is just like music to underscore the action. The, the, they listed at the end, they had, uh, I think, four or five shamisen, which is the instrument that Kuba uh, plays. They had four or five guys come in and play play that instrument. Is that being played with that that type of pick? Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. and that's that was really cool. Where it's like the title of the movie indicated kind of like where the path our hero would take. Where it's really Kubo and the two other strings that like guide him through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. like half the movie, I was thinking like, dude, a Shamsen has three strings. I'll get the the totals, but no, Kubo is literally the third string in that that instrument. Yeah, it's really cool how they built that. And again, one of the, like the reasons that I think the Zelda games to, like stand out is they're not just like a mindless. Because again, the plot of a Zelda game is simple. Ganondorf takes over. 
you got to collect some crap, collect some weapons, get some knowledge, and you beat Ganondorf. But it's really the experiences you have in the middle of it and how they incorporate different elements to that, that it's not just a mindless slasher game. And I really think that Kubo did that with incorporating music into it. Yeah, and like Ocarina incorporates music too yeah. because you Wind Waker. Ocarina and you, are, you have to you're, play it. You literally are, like in Wind Waker, you use music to like change how everything is. It's yeah. I mean, that put one of the biggest smiles on my face is when <laughs> Kubo's going out to the center of the town and um, he's about to tell a story and all of a sudden he breaks out his instrument and just starts plucking. You just hear that. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is sick. He's going to tell a really cool, like, um, music-based tale and stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I would say, like, I, I, I'll probably, out of this entire group, I was probably the one that was <coughs> enjoying this movie a lot. Uh, way more than a lot of other people, maybe. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, only reason why is because, like, my first thing coming into this, I came in completely blind to this. You know, me, no trailers, no post. Like, I didn't watch. I didn't even look at the poster outside of our store. Um, that was literally right next to Dunkin' Donuts. I would just not look at it um, in the Cambridge side. But um, kind of the opening of this movie, I didn't realize that this movie is going to be such an epic story, and it will have such a. Um, structure to it with all the video games that I am absolutely in love of like like the Zeldas you were talking about like an RPG or something like this that they literally tell you and he tells you ex almost what's going to happen but then there's some interesting points that they don't necessarily kind of hit on and they choose to omit certain pieces of information so that the audience can either kind of wait to find the information later for some sort of reveal or you can kind of put two and two together to try to figure out what's actually happening and that that particular sort of um uh, example of that is when the movie opens and Kubo's mother, which was named Mother, and only, I think, maybe two people had a name in this movie, which I thought was She had a awesome. name. She had a name, but it wasn't used. Right, right. Uh, right? You'd rather call it Monkey and Mother more than you actually have a show for a name, like, or Sisters or Grandfather. Um, the movie opens with the use of magic and the use of, wow, this particular instrument is completely magical. It can chop a wave in half and none of that stuff was explained. And I'm like, okay, Already, the opening scene was to put. It's going to tell me that there's magic in this world of things that we're not going to be able to explain. So I need to be on this sort of ride of. There's going to be things that's going to happen to that I'm going to see that I may not know all the answers to it. Much like magic, things are just going to actually kind of happen. Then fast forward a little bit more of we see what happens to Kubel's mom. Her head hits and she had a, um, a scratch in her eye, which is another sort of illusionary. Um, um, as an actual something that was a, a reoccurrence or a theme in the movie of eyesight is not an important thing or if it was there was some something something about the eyesight literally every statue in this movie has some sort of cut on the eye if somebody was missing an eye like Kubo so when her mom when his mom kind of hit her head under the rock you don't know exactly what's happening but you can also infer like put one two and three a couple pieces together like okay she has something that he needs to go and help take care of her at the sundown every time. And when he's telling the stories, you're trying to figure out why he does this every day. Why can't? Why doesn't he know the ending of the story? Oh, because he gets that story from his mom, and she doesn't know. She doesn't remember. So you're getting more and more information. They omit certain things to a certain point, um, to the point where his mom then able to come up, actually remember stuff, actually use music to the point where then she then sacrifices herself for that, and so that he can then go on this journey that he just described and explained. So. That was, I was already hooked. Even before she sacrificed herself, even before that, like when he was playing the actual song, I'm like, okay, 
I know they're introducing these particular topics for a reason, even with the chicken, and that was kind of funny with the fire breathing chicken, which looks phenomenal. The egg fire chicken. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, so I thoroughly, thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed some of that move, so that's another big, kind of big, big win for me. Um, and I'll fast forward, because I don't want us to use a lot, a lot of too much time. Like, the, the other two things that I thoroughly liked was the use of uh, a comedic sort of a comedic role, which Matthew McConaughey's character was hilarious in this weird beetle. He doesn't have a quite of a memory, but he knows he can do some skills, but he's not entirely sure why. So I, I like the fact that they used, at one point, they introduced the fact that, well, memory is a huge, important task, and that would be awesome if people know. But then they flipped the script and says, well, it also could be kind of funny of, how do you know that beetles can hold their breath? All right, doesn't everybody know that? And then jumps into the water, I'm like, okay, the, the use of the actual sort of memory and how they kind of, they talked about, you know, this is where people need to focus on, but at the same time, you can still kind of laugh at it a little bit of, well, now people have learned to use, he's now learned to live with that. And I'm like, well, this is who I am. I don't know. I have all this, I have all this information. I have this cape and I have all this information. I know that I was a samurai, but I'm not sure why I was a samurai. I just know that that's like, that's my path. So I thoroughly like that aspect of it. And then the final scene, um, kind of alluding to what Mike was talking about of Kubo is the third string because he got his mother's hair plucked it out of her hair hair he got his father's string from his bow and he took out his hair to make the three strings to complete the shamisen to use music and not violence that his character telling the stories of the actual ones his character uses violence for everything and violence was used to solve everything to a certain point and Kubo knew that well he can't, he can't use violence to, to defeat his grandfather. He has to do something else. And he uses that music to then free his spirit that has been trapped for this entire time for, we're not entirely sure why, too much of kind of omitting certain things. So those would be like my sort of biggest sort of wins as of the entire story. And that's why I truly, truly like Jesse said, so this movie was made for me, man. That's why I truly like <laughs> like this movie, and I love this movie. By it, just was so seamless of like the storytelling. I got the plot, and yes, I, I kind of knew certain things that was gonna happen, but just like off of your point of Zootopia, I knew exactly what was gonna happen in that movie. Not exactly how it was gonna happen, but essentially, you knew how the movie was gonna end to a certain. No, a certain we've screen. seen that movie before. Exactly. Yeah, we've seen. That I don't movie think before. we've seen like besides the stop motion. Right, take pick that out. We've seen a movie kind of like this, but not take a turn of saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna use other sources." In which case, my mom is telling me to get this armor. My mom's telling me to use this. All the stories she's telling me is to use all this stuff to fight this evil. But I need to transcend even more to use my family, my my, my family, and yeah, all the stuff. There was enough. The there was enough like twists that. I mean, it's a movie. Like realistically. Every story we're going to see, except for those very clear, like, three or two-parters, we're going to see the good guy win at the end. Like, we just we just know that as as moviegoers or as book readers, video game players, like, whatever. Um, I really think that it's the... It's those twists and turns that really bring us out of it. Like, um... I don't know, this, the stupid one, like, what about uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, when your character dies? Like, it's, I think that people reference that as, like, you know, it's, that's a solid game, because you, you know what's going to happen at the end, but at the midpoint, and again, it's just trying to bring in different mediums, 
Um, the midpoint, something crazy happens that you're like, what? And I think that Kubo did that where there was enough moments where it wasn't just a clear like, oh, this is, this is, this is, this is, and we win and we're done. Um, there was a lot of like little turns that kept us interested through the, through the whole thing. Um, to me, one of the scenes that really, really got to me was that when he took the mom's hair and then monkey kind of braided it and he put it on his, on, on, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Like to a point where I was like, like, well, like for example, now I have a wife, so I'm like, man, if, if something happens to me, I, I would like to have something of her. Like, I, I would love to, and it's like, it was so powerful to me, for me to see him like, wow, I can definitely relate to like having something from somebody that means so much to you that you really want to have. <coughs> um, and then now you were saying that it has like different, it pulls from different parts to make a story, but it doesn't necessarily make a, a like a normal story. Um, at, right at the end when he got the armor and the, and the helmet, I'm like, oh wow, so they always mention that the grandfather was the moon. You sort of know that the sisters are stars and then that the, the dad or like Hendo was the sun. So everything was the sun. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And they're like, the night and they are fighting over the, like, the control of the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I really kind of like. Like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool that they're like, you know, at some point the sun will win and at some point the moon will win and it's like a cycle that it goes like fighting over like this person which is the mom yeah um and again that's kind of like it goes back to those it, ancient it's really but it's cool it's it, it, it it's, a, it's an ancient religion thing yeah. where like they they literally thought that like they were, ah, is it Egyptian or like Mesopotamian it's one of those old. yeah a couple of those old they literally thought the like the, the moon or the sun was like infatuated with the other one and they, they would chase each other across the sky and it was one of those hopeless romantic things that you know that the sun would never catch the moon yeah, yeah. you know it was the, like you know eclipse. yeah I and know, I mean but, technically it is the one that's lighting up the moon so it is catching it with its light but, so. but they didn't live long enough and they weren't smart enough. <laughs> they weren't smart. <laughs> well, they saw an eclipse. They freaked the fuck out. Yeah, and then and they, they, they killed they, a bunch of people. Shit. We need to kill somebody. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, when your average age was, like, seven, you know, like, most people yeah. didn't, like, see that. Like, a full moon was kind of a cool thing. I'm pretty sure that's inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just but, to add more about, I think, what the brilliance of this story is, is, um, that I'm glad that they don't they don't sugarcoat it. It's it's a very earnest story, and it's not something to make people feel good. It's like hey, sometimes life will put some serious things in front of you, and you got to just find ways to deal with it. And like the ending is very bittersweet, even though it does come with a conclusion and kind of a satisfactory ending for Kubo. Hey, he's alone. Um, yeah, he's alone. alone. He's yeah. alone in the world, but he understands the value of family, so he knows, like, when he goes out there, having friends, having family is going to be important to become the person he wants to be. And he did get to experience that that sense of having a mother and father, even though he didn't even realize it was happening. And I think that's some of the most brilliant stuff is when you see Monkey and Beetle just arguing, bickering back and forth, and, like, he's trying to break them, like, hey, guys, come on. Yeah. We got to focus here. Dude. It's like, hey, that's a family, right? I didn't, so I didn't figure that out, that even after the monkey said that she was the mom, I didn't figure out that beetle, and like, I was just like, 
dude, that is that I I almost felt offended because I was just like, monkey, you have a husband. He died in a glorious manner, and you're going and flirting with this freaking beetle. Come on. <laughs> Like and then so when they came out at the end, I was like, "Oh, that's, you got me." Well, makes, sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Josh, uh, I just wanted to follow up on your your last few points, Warren. Um, that I really liked that we spent the whole movie like looking for these big weapons, and then at the end, it was his guitar, what he had with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called? Shamsen. Shamsen. Um, that that was the tool that he actually won with, and that he just dropped all of his other weapons. It was kind of like a violence isn't really the answer here kind of um, point. And I also really, this was just another quick point, I really liked that he was still able to forgive his grandfather (laughs) once he saw him in his weakened state. That scene. He didn't take revenge. He didn't try to go to the dark side. He just... That scene was so powerful when... The entire village, and I forget the the village has some special name, and like with that ties into the rest. I think it's like Sunrise Village, so it kind of ties into the whole like sun versus the moon argument. Um, it was incredibly powerful to see the entire those entire group of individuals who were like scared out of their minds, just of the lost moon all their homes, and just lost all their homes, came together and be like, no, 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 you're cool. These are the reasons you're cool. Come hang out with us. Yeah. Like it was it was amazing. And it was even a powerful moment to think of like that's why that Kubel's mom ch- like essentially chose to live up on the cliff to see the sunrise to know that at one point I, I, for me this is what I was kind of kind of putting a couple things of she know that that place was important. She just couldn't remember why that place was so important, but that's where the journey ended when she was like I, you need to go home Kubo finds the power and flies home and where does he fly? He flew where the movie started and that was, the helmet was literally right there the entire time that was where home was and it started almost kind of where it be- be- began or ended where I, it began I thought that was funny, it's not a win for me but it's uh, it plays on like the the whole Asian movie trope where they almost touch upon it with the, the whole like the unbreakable sword was just a random sword in the head. It's kind of almost like a what's it called? Uh, Indy three, where like the the cup of the Nazareth was just the wooden cup, and I thought that was a very interesting thing. Where the story came back to it, and it was like, oh, okay, it's just the bell tower. That being said, the helmet stayed on his head for about four seconds. Mm-hmm. So I like I thought it was I thought. It was it was almost like a it was like one of those weird kind of wins but kind of like a detraction where like it should have been more powerful because it was the one that was hiding in plain sight if you followed standard movie tropes mm. but it kind of bucked the trend anyways and so it didn't really matter in the end. It was I'll, definitely more was, difficult to get the first two treasures than it was the third. Yeah, yeah. I also thought that the ice thing were more like if you if you have your like side you can see into people's humanity and stuff like that and that's why he was trying to take it out so he wouldn't see like the good in people like the like the true self of persons mm-hmm. um but yeah but again it's it, one of those things that it, it kind of i was thinking about it while watching the movie and i'm like am i supposed to like get all these references like right now do i have to sort this out right now to enjoy the movie and it took a little bit out of me to be like well I, this is like should i figure this out now yeah. 
Um, but it's it's very it's so pretty though. Yeah. It's so I mean, pretty. And we can kind of going off of that. We can wow. move into a bit of the kind of criticisms because you talk about a little bit more of like the the plot was a little bit kind of convoluted or kind of too simple. Um, no, it's not not that it was convoluted or simple. It was that it was that I was worried that I wasn't getting stuff. So I, instead of being like, well, I watch it and then I'll I sort it out with you guys talking about it. I'm like, wait, am I? Is this important? Like, should I know this right now? Mm-hmm. So it's like hyper aware and try to like solve things in my mind to like connect the dots in the moment instead of being like, well, let's just play it out and see how it goes. Um, so that took me out a little bit off of it, but it's not like it was complicated. It was just like, I'm like, oh, am I, I think I'm missing something. Am I so, is this supposed to be important? Like, how do, uh, how is this like power struggle working? Like, is this like a rebirth story? Like, is this like, what what's happening? Yeah. Um, well, as we're wrapping up the positive section too, I pointed this out earlier, but this is one of the higher movies I've seen on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 96 right now. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it, out of the out of their four movies, and I'll get to you, Jesse, in a second. Out of the four movies they came out with, um, this is by far like the least amount of kind of grossing movies with twenty seven and a half million dollars. Um, but out of theirs, you got Coraline with one hundred twenty four million. Wow. You, you got yeah, which was crazy. You have Paranormal with one hundred seven million, which have you seen that movie? It's good. It's actually really good. It's much better than the Box Trolls, which is has um, one hundred nine million. Box Trolls. I didn't think it was that good to be honest with you but it was and then this movie here with 27 um and like almost about 28 million but if you look at the ratings Coraline has a 90 Paranormal has an 87 Box Trolls has a 75 and this has a 96 well if anything it makes me sad to, to know that and we were talking about on the ride home that you know these people's like poor like blood sweat and tears to make this movie and make it work and being like original and all that and then you fucking have been her with a hundred million dollars. Yeah, but that. But but you know what I'm saying. They made a hundred million. They made that, no, no, eleven no, no. million. No, no, no. The budget was a hundred million. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, all the budget of these were all sixty million. They're all the same. Well, true, but it's yeah. an original story. Like it's not a cheap way out of making a remake honestly, or honestly, hundred million retelling. is pretty cheap too. No, I'm saying like in the content of it, like it's, oh, it's yeah. a remake. Yeah, but you look, you look so at you Batman. So you can spend money. You either. look at Batman versus Superman. You know that Ant Man. Outgrossed Batman vs Superman. Well, it makes sense because it's a better movie. Yeah, yeah, but they spent so much money. So Batman vs Superman made like eight hundred fifty, nine hundred million dollars, but it cost six fifty, seven fifty to make. What? Yeah. So the fact is that it's it's still really cool to see these uh, movies that are made for like sixty million dollars. It's like more people should go see Kubo because. That should make its money. Yeah, but it's it's that article that I sent you guys that I think it was Warner Brothers or one of the 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 uh, movie houses is it's going bankrupt because it's making <gasps> bullshit movies, spending way too much money on them. Wait, it's, a, it's an example of a studio not having faith in a product. Yeah, know? they they want the sure bet to make their money, and yeah, they'll finance these what they consider artistic films on the side and not worry about the profits they make. If you look at the weekend it came out, kids are coming back into school, they're not on vacation anymore, it's not going to have the audience that it needs to generate its revenue. But I think this is one of the, I think this movie would probably absolutely kill 
once it leaves the theaters and gets to like more people, whether it's like video on demand or kind of DVD or something like that, and people Hopefully. start well, when people yeah, start right? talking about like, kind of seeing this movie, be like, hey, listen, this is a CGI. Like this movie looks great, but even besides that, this story is also a great story. Just watch it for that. That's why I think they're gonna get. Out. I think you'll see it get re-released after awards season if it racks up awards. Ooh. Oh, it should win best. Uh, it would be animated. Z- Zootopia, yeah. Finding Dory, and this. I don't know if there's any other three movies. Yeah, I feel like animated's like one of those quirky categories that like an indie film might win. I mean, out of this those, out of those, three, yeah. indie film. out of, out yeah. of those three movies, though, it's it's tough for me. Like I said, I like Zootopia. I thoroughly enjoy that movie. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like, I've seen this movie before. Same thing with Finding Dory a lot, but they also gave me a lot of interesting and kind of original elements. I'm like, and that was still a good, good movie, even to be a sequel, to kind of have its own sort of footing. And then you have a kind of Kubo, which isn't doing too well, but I still thoroughly enjoyed. I don't know. It's a original story, though. Yeah. I don't know which one's my favorite. It's, it's it's truly, truly right now. It's really tough to say. And if so all I do is watch a, am, animated. And also, so so we're talking from a technical yeah. standpoint. I think this one would win. Yeah. I mean, Finding Dory was gorgeous, but this movie was insanely gorgeous. So, um, any I other think, criticisms that you got? I have one little criticism. Yeah, sure. um, I'd like to know more about the uh, townspeople. To be honest, uh, there were some good bit parts with. An older character that was played by George Takei. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to know more about him. And then you also had, um, a the I think the mayor was played by uh, Kari Hiroyuki uh, Tagawa, a.k.a. Shane Sung from the Mortal Kombat movie. And I always like hearing his voice. He's got a very unique voice to him. So I'd like to know more about those characters because the kind of the beginning of being in the town and showing the storytelling and stuff, Beautiful scene, very brief on what makes that town that town special, and you kind of le- learn that through context as the journey happens. Jesse, I so this happened with Coraline too, where the there's just so much. I don't want to say bizarre things, but like stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like like for example, oh we can spoil away on this, right? Oh yeah, we're, it's like okay. We're like, the stone turns into a monkey, which is actually his mom, but his mom had lost her mind, but now that she's the monkey, she has all of her memories back. Like, like if you really think about it rationally, it kind of doesn't make any sense. It's magic. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's already, like, I mean, like, like I was talking about, the opening thing is that you have to suspend your disbelief, because you can't chop a wave in half with using a... Shamasen. Shamasen in... That's not you, you can't you can't do that. But if your mom if, if your mother is passing away her life passing a life force off to a charm and she says it's, it's a charm in particular that's already have a kind of magical being. Well, who knows what the properties of that? So oh, you can I, I know I know you're just asking me my criticism. So that's that's my criticism. Like I don't like it. It, it gets. Like, if you think about it rationally, even when they, like, reveal, oh, it's his dad, you're kind of like, wait, what, like, really? Like, I kind of, in my seat, kind of did one of those, like, really? I was fine with those two. It's funny, out of all the things that were a little ridiculous, or, like, not well explained, those were the two things I was fine with. I was like, okay, they, he was cursed, fine, and she transferred herself into a charm. I think it's a good point that she 
all of a sudden doesn't have her mental illness. Right? Anymore. That all of a sudden the mental illness is gone. Well, it's like just attributed that to the body rather than the yes, uh, probably. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to so say. So I can let those two things two things go. But then there were just things that happened that I was like, why? Like the ship that's made out of leaves. I was like, would that not fall apart? Uh, or well, it started it when, it when starts he, was, when he but was, then he puts it all right back together. Got, when he became more conscious. No, like, I mean physically, leaves uh, would deteriorate. Yeah, uh, but I think that was just like that was just <laughs> yes. them, so they could do like the the leaf like drawing. Yeah, or then like all of a sudden he knew how to build himself wings to fly home, and it was just like, oh, okay, these things just happen, and there's no real explanation for why they happen, and you never see them happen again. It was just like a well, quick. This is how we resolve this issue. Um, so that, I mean, suspending disbelief, I was like, okay, that was kind of weird, and I made a weird face, and I was like, all right, whatever, let's move on. Um, but I also thought the ending was, this is my only real complaint, was the ending was kind of cheap for me. Um, not with the grandfather part, I thought that was cool. I thought they should have just left it there. I didn't need to see him standing with his ghost parents. I didn't need to, I, I did not want to or need to see Hanzo in his human form. I would have liked to have left him at Beetle and just been done with it. Oh, a real dark story then. I didn't, well, yeah. I, yeah. Th- I thought they should have just, they tried to, I, it felt cheap to me because they tried to make it more cutesy instead of just leaving it in the dark place that it was. Because it was a like sad story. Yeah, I like how we had no lines, though, and they did incorporate the whole um, golden, was it herring? Yeah. or yeah. Golden herring. Yeah. Golden, yeah, it was golden herring taking off with their own song. So I did like how there was no dialogue, it was just purely music, and you got to see a callback to it, like a reference they made earlier in the film. So just, I, cause I, I, that's, that scene worked for me. Going it off of didn't Mike's... work for me, that's the only thing that I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but I did like immediately when they followed up with Guitar and Gently Weeps. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. Wow. Oh, I, I told him in the theater, that might be... And please tweet at us at something he'll Warren will say in about ten minutes because I forget I forget the tweeter thing. Um, that might be I was thinking about like the most famous intervals of all time, and I think that bum 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 like that whole like that half step down versus like the minor third of Stairway to Heaven. Or perhaps that like kind of like that little like weird power chord for smoke in the water, straight up might be the most recognizable intervals in entire like all of music. Please tweet us if you like music and movies. At underscore DIFP, that's at underscore down in front podcast. Um, I didn't understand anything that he said. It, it's seriously <laughs> it's seriously it's seriously as soon as talking about as the soon most as famous as it was a motive like as soon as it did that that second note in that I was like oh my god yeah and I thought again going back to what I said earlier where we have different like western instruments non-western and electronic instruments you they did a brilliant job of bridging the gap of saying hey we're gonna do a Western song and Western harmony, but with non-Western instruments, and it was really cool to hear. And like I think it was Brown saying earlier that that might be like subtly the the uh, movie song of the year right there. Yeah. Criticism. My only criticism was I don't like stop motion pictures. Fuck you. And that's yeah. and that's literally it. Like let's that's 
This felt so smooth to me, though, that there were only a couple of points where there's I saw a, the stop motion. For me, did it feel stop motion to you at any time? A couple points. Yeah, yes. there's a couple chatty scenes where Which they're talking to each other. He's like, they'd be like the walking. grandmother. She, yeah. I could tell, was totally stop motion, and she was the one that threw me off a little bit. A little bit. Uh, they were like, there were scenes where like they were walking away. They were, you could see like the... And there I'm was making, one where he was riding Monkey on the back through the snow. I think you could definitely tell. I think for me, stop motion begins and ends at Nightmare Before Christmas. And like, I just, I just, I don't know. I was going to say Clash of the Titans, but... Uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Probably all old enough to remember that one. Nope. Um, yeah, that was like the that was like the, the second claymation film ever made. Uh, that's a lie. That's not a movie fact. But um, well, actually, no. I, I always thought that it was one of the first claymations. I think it was like Voyages of Sinbad, Clash of the Titans. I think Clash of the Titans was one of the first feature length early ones. Claymation. But um, yeah, I just don't. No, Wallace and Gromit. I love Wallace and Gromit. So, yeah, but that had so much character behind it. I think that for me, like. I just don't like that medium that much, yeah. but, like, that was it. That was literally it. The fact that I just, going into it, didn't like the medium was my only criticism on the movie. No, and I'm pretty sure that if you watch this movie again, you can start peeling, peeling out the layers of, you know, like, callback to different stories, like, well-known, like, human early of like you know like the whole sun and moon and all these things you can probably peel things away and like every time you watch it like see new more stuff yeah more stuff but but that's the mark of a good movie yeah. yeah but you know one level and then you can see the next level like you were talking about before like if you got distracted by the fact that it was claymation and you couldn't or excuse me stop motion and you couldn't see more of it the next time that you may see it. And we saw it in 3D. Which it's looked, breathtaking. Well, in the 3D, it was phenomenal. I don't know if I was distracted by claymation. I was distracted by how fucking pretty it was. Like, well, there were some points you were just like, just, you you had the wide eyes, and you're just like, wait, they said something. What did it, what did it yeah. 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 That um, was distracting. I would say the only sort of criticism I have, um, not about the animation, about anything, but I the only reason I'm going to bring this up is because some people have been talking about it and they have been mentioned before about uh, this particular kind of whitewashing of it um it's not all the characters but i guess the main three uh the main three characters you know are what white i characters. thought about it just because it it's such a fucking thing now that they everybody expect like oh if you're gonna have like a like a like a whatever like an asian person character it should be asian you know, and I thought about, like, ask, uh, like I recognize the accents. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are all white people. And they're all, like, yeah. Asian. And I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's not me, a criticism. For me, it was more like, oh, I can see how people be like, I don't like it. But it, like. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just bringing it up just for a topic of discussion. Yeah. Because it's not a criticism to me. I didn't have an issue with it. I don't, at I, all. I rarely rarely have an issue with it um i'm more aware of it now because i know that everybody has like a fucking issue about it um but i I don't know maybe i'm naive but my reason behind that is like well if you're making a hollywood movie in fucking america you can't have a like 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 it's 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 Americans. Like, that's what, like... See, I'm too like, much of an idiot. Like, I didn't know who they were. Yeah, like, I, I think I, that's the moment I mean, of but you knew that were great right. acting, too, is that 
I didn't know that was Charlize Theron. No, I didn't know that was Matthew McConaughey. I didn't know that was Matthew McConaughey. I didn't didn't recognize it at first, but then I started to pick up on it. I was like, oh, there's Matthew McConaughey. Actually, I thought it was George Clooney. Me too. That's who I thought thought it was. was George Clooney. So, so I I I was like, I mean, they did a great job acting. I think... The kid, especially. Wow. Well, but you just have no idea. So, Ireland, this is awesome. If they were... White actors trying to do Asian accents, uh-huh. then there'd be a problem. And but why? I mean, just because it becomes a farce, it becomes like, hey, we're more I mean, making, I almost care. We're more making fun. I wouldn't of, care. We're all making more fun of a culture rather than embracing a culture. I mean, so, be, so you got like God and Kings and stuff like that. Yeah. To Aloha. be fair, going back to Guillermo's point, uh, it was jarring for me at first. When I first started to hear, I was like, these are clearly white actors, but everything else in the whole movie is very Asian, like down to the music and the environments. Dirt and everything. Okay. I was like, has has like that has one line in the whole movie, but you know, like <laughs> he has that voice. And he has that even voice that was amazing, and yeah. for that character, and well, I mean, that's I mean, why it, I want to see more. I I think they did a good enough job to where by. A couple minutes in, maybe like 20, 30 minutes in, I was like, okay, this doesn't bother me. But at first, I was, it was jarring to me because I thought it was just a mix of cultures and I didn't. I wish if they were going to go with a particular culture that they would pick people of that culture because that would make you not have that jarring experience at the beginning. To be fair though, if they came out and like, Kubo's first line is, Haro, welcome to my story. That's extremely like, racist. It's extremely <laughs> racist. Please, please so cut if you, that from this no, whole thing. No, but it's important, it's important to, to make that distinction. Do not hire if you, for your voice yeah, yeah, exactly. If you came out and had someone, like, someone who'd never, never spoken English before, but was from well, Japan. Well, why, why couldn't we have, like, Lucy Liu and, like, Jet Li or, like, whoever Because the fuck their accent doesn't matter. Why that, couldn't it be subtitled? Well, fine. If you go American full Derek song, yeah. yeah. Well, like I mean, a it, Swedish company. Yeah, I mean, realistically, that's how you necessarily kind of beat that is just make it subtitle mm-hmm. and speak in your native language. But as an American production company, they just they they couldn't do it. They're not an American production. They're Swedish, I think. Fine, even farther from Japan. <laughs> but <laughs> that would that would that would solve a, a lot Swedish, of issues. Swedish people are like the whitest people ever. Yeah. So the whitest kids we know. Milk of the poppy. Um, Milk of the poppy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. But it's just, it's just, it's a, it's like a legitimate thing that like because if they hired if they hired legit. Japanese people and then had very legitimate Japanese accent you'd be screaming this is like pandering and this is no, like true, this but is to be fair and that's why I don't care maybe I'm naive but I'm Puerto Rican if are you if they have somebody like uh, <laughs> fuck it's not true I'm actually Swedish <laughs> if, if like Denzel Washington plays a Puerto Rican I'll be like man that's awesome well, like no, I wouldn't no, really no, no, care. No, 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 like no, no, I wouldn't no, no. be like I don't. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, but it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care that it comes in, back a, to a, in an all like in a in a Puerto Rican for me. It movie, comes back to a culture. Like thing. somebody makes. So this is clearly Japanese culture, and it's clearly like based on mythology that is centered around their culture. So it was like one of those things. It was just jarring. It'd be like. 
fucking what we we're gonna grab Eminem to play a black dude in the Bronx. Like that's what it would be in comparison to. Yeah, but you're also like I feel like. But if Eminem plays the animated character of a black person in the Bronx, you won't know. If he I would know. But but the, honestly, the voice acting—it's about you, the cross. Yeah, 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 yeah. You may really, not know. Like realistically, you could have you could have a white character played by a Japanese man. I don't care as long as the voice yeah, acting is care. convincing. I really don't care. I, like I, it, it would never. It would never harm me if they announced a white character was played by a person of color if the performance was good. Honestly, I want Warren to play me, my bad. I never, he will never play, pick up like, that I role. never understood <laughs> why they do like, oh, now Spider Man's gonna be a Latino, and people are like, ah, that's not your. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, who cares I, well, if so, Captain so, America speaking is black now? Speaking right? of that, Warren, cover your ears. What? But they, whoa, 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 no, that, no, Captain yeah. America's a, a Nazi. Yeah, but in this. Can we get back to the no, no, main? No, thing? This, is, this is on top. It's, it's, but it's in like or or like uh, uh, Iron Man now is a woman. Like who the fuck cares? Well, so, no, that's, so that's, in that's a, different because they're fictional characters. What I'm talking about, what I was, my only complaint is that it's clearly a cultural picture. Like it's all it's based in Japan. It's, the, it's Japanese mythology. It's yeah. based on all of these things. Yeah, but you'd be when I heard like, that, I'm like, different. oh, these people are white. But you'd be yeah. you'd but still they're whatever because they made really like the that's the why it, it didn't good. bother me at yeah. some point because I was just like, okay, they're doing a good I still job. think that if you came out and had the stereotypical Japanese accent, yeah, that would you'd be, be on the flip side of it saying, oh my god, they hired a bunch of people just to like play that part. Uh, and like, I think that like at some point it's like, all right, well. If you're not going to do a stereotypical Japanese accent, who cares what actor plays the role? Hire the best actor or actress like, for that role. Like us from the uh, United States. Oh, they are. Yeah. So, yeah. so at some point, like I don't care who plays the character. Just get me the best person for that job. That's it. I mean, so, my, my only thing was that it was jarring that he's clearly Japanese-looking. And then, well, the only reason why, yeah, only reason why that I brought that topic up is that's some of the only criticism. There's a couple other stuff that we already kind of mentioned, but that's the main sort of ratings that I've seen through Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, just generally online um, posts on Reddit. Did you mind? Uh, did you mind? I no, didn't did look at did you mind. No, did you mind? Oh no, I didn't care. So hang on, one one quick second. Would we all watch the subtitles version? Is right there. <laughs> yeah. so, no, so, Absolutely. So if they did, if they did Hands a legit down. in Japanese and then subtitled it, that's I seventy percent. And it's probably me, but seventy percent of my content that I watch is all subtitled. <laughs> I, I kid you not. Whether it's Japanese, whether it's Russian, I all the stuff. We were, whether it's in Spanish. I was watching uh, Child Forty Four or Child Forty Three or whatever. Which one? Forty Four. That wasn't in subtitles. And you remember that you were like, man, it's cool. But it's white people trying to do Russian accents. I'd rather have Tom... It, in that movie, in, like we'll, we'll take a quick quick um, kind of tangent for a second. In that movie, Tom Hardy and... Um, oh, he's a famous actor. The guy who played... Tom Cruise. No. Uh, the guy who played in Batman, um, George... He was... Uh, Christian Bale. Professor Gordon. His name is... Gary, Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. If they would have just spoke Russian... It would have been better. Or Ukrainian, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah, and just give me the subtitles, 
Instead of you doing an amazing, you can do the best accent, but it it's doesn't true. be authentic. Whatever so, you mentioned that I so I'm like, yeah, it, it it takes you out of the movie that you're like, but that's it, it's not real. And even in the most recent ones, um, there's a movie out in uh, on Netflix called Colonia. Um, even in that movie, they should have been speaking Spanish and there should have been subtitles. Oh, dude. And part of that movie, and there wasn't. It bothered me. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm pretty Spanish. sure he can. Well, Awful. no, he wasn't. A, he wasn't American. He no, was no. actually Hispanic. Which, no, which, but which by the way, ASA like uh, that stuff. Yeah, Awful. Yeah. Which Awful by the way, Warren and me it. had a Netflix date. It we was, watched that movie at so the same good. time, and awesome. we were texting him yeah. while we were watching yeah. it. You were texting. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think that's. I, I think time. that's. And can Emma Watson marry all of us? Together. Together. Yeah. So. As a wrap-up, I feel like we need to go around and do some grades. Um, we'll do a quick sign-off and talk about our next review, which we're not entirely sure exactly what we're talking about. But uh, I know Guillermo already ta- already gave us his uh, grade. Yeah, I'll do B. You said a B? B? B plus. Jesse? I'll do B plus. B plus? Oh, yeah, I'll Jesse. do B plus. <laughs> I give it a B. B? Yeah. Josh? A minus for me. A minus? Cool. Well? I will give it an A plus. A plus? It was fantastic. But I really, really hate to be in agreement with Brian on this, but yeah, it's the best movie I've seen since Deadpool. Different. Whoa. Different. Whoa. Are you saying? Are you saying it's better than Zootopia? Wow. I never saw Zootopia. It's good. It's good. Are you saying it's better than Civil War? It's better than Civil War. It might be, but for different reasons. For different reasons. Because you don't like Civil War. You know what? It's been a very uh, abysmal summer for movies. I feel. Yeah, um, especially since Suicide Squad sucks dicks. Um, <laughs> yes, we multiple multiple, we multiple are, dicks. We are um, bag so of this dicks. might actually be the sleeper hit of the summer for me. This was probably the best movie. I, I mean, agree. Probably. I don't think it's gonna be a hit, but like, I think it's. I think it legitimately from an like from a movie standpoint for when you care, like you you can feel that the the people directing the movie cared about the subject medium. Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool. Deadpool was Ryan Reynolds. I felt that the people that made at Lego Studios that made Kubo were legitimately invested in that project. It wasn't it wasn't a movie to them, it was a project. I love Civil War. Like absolutely love that. And I thought that it still is slightly underneath what Deadpool and Kubo accomplished. And that you could actually feel the the passion for those projects. So, so A plus, A plus, oh, easy, no, easily. Go, it, thank you. Best movie I've seen like since then. Um, I my grade is definitely gonna be an A plus. Um, I, clearly there was like no sort of sort of surprise there. Um, I do want to say, and I completely forgot to mention this. I do want to kind of add a quick tidbit. Is I saw Pete's Dragon, um, and I meant to kind of tell this because they changed the beginning of that movie. That was also a very good movie. And the best thing that I can talk about that movie is child acting and the closest thing to Jungle Book, but it's not. Um, but that's that's a way to have successful sort of child acting in a movie that somebody has to be on a green screen majority of the entire time, where Jungle Book was not. So, so that's greatest Jurassic World child acting. Oh Jesus! We're not gonna. We're not gonna. <laughs> what, go about, what about we're, Iron Man Three? We're in, we're gonna end this with a high note because don't ruin. No, don't, don't do it. But um, definitely an A+. Plus. I would definitely, I think all of us, if the lowest grade is a B, um, lowest grade is a B going all the way through an A-, a minus or an A+. Plus. Um, I would always think we all definitely suggest watch this movie. 
Uh, 2D, 3D. I, me, Blue, and um, uh, Bradley look like we watched it in 3D. The you other know, you guys watched it in 2D. Watch it really. I wish we'd seen it. In yeah. 3D. yeah, I mean, I wish we'd seen I wish we'd up too. I don't know if Coraline came out in 3D at the time. It did. I, it was in 2009. One of the best yeah? 3D movies okay. I've ever seen. I would say then just I saw the box shows. I think I saw the box shows normally. I didn't like that movie, but it looks phenomenal once again. So maybe go to see these movies in three D because it it was truly beautiful. And even the music. I thought I think we saw IMAX. I I think when no, I I, no, I googled it too that that it's specifically uh, dubbed as a three D stop motion film. So I think that was what they had in mind first. Okay. So probably. Definitely worth your money. Yeah, to and just I, go see the 3D version. I was surprised because I have trouble visually seeing 3D at times. Like, I saw Star Trek in 3D, and the only thing I saw as 3D was the end credits. And so, oh wow, I didn't even realize there was 3D going on. I was just wearing a pair of glasses and watching a movie. With this, they actually take the time to think about what's going to make it 3D. So instead of like dark backgrounds and putting some on it. Give it a bright background and actually have it there. You can actually see the depth of field of what that character is going to be, which makes a ton of fucking difference. To talk about a bit of 3D, did anybody see Ghostbusters in 3D? Oh. No. Uh, no? I think we all saw it together in regular. Apparently, Ghostbusters 3D and what they did was that they actually put down the actual bars in the top of the screen. So you know those black bars that you have on the side the top of the screen? What they did was when they were shooting their beams, the beam actually went over the the bottom of the actual black to give you an actual sense of it's actually it's coming out to a point. Oh, that's pretty and clever. They only did that in the three D show the version. That's pretty clever. Which I thought was super clever. Yeah, I mean to me it was like, okay. I mean it was I thought it was fine. But something like that, they they used a couple different devices to actually kind of utilize it with their tools. I thought it was pretty cool. But um with that, uh, I'm gonna get we're gonna get ready to sign off unless anybody have any other tidbits or announcements or anything all like that. I mean, just to summarize, I think we all, like you said, just thought it was an excellent movie. Overall. Oh yeah. Um, I was reading that technically, if you eat your nails, is self cannibalism. So, uh, for any sort of reviews that you have, email us at downinfront at podcast at gmail.com. We do have a bunch of tweets and a lot of Twitters, and we follow a bunch of people there. It's at underscore DIFP. That's at downinfront podcast. So Shut far. up. Yeah, you're terrible. Terrible. Uh, and in breaking news, we're kicking Guillermo out of the group. Yes. <laughs> He's not going to be here for another four months. <laughs> um, we also have a uh, uh, Reddit. So it's going to be downinfront.reddit.com. So feel free to check that out. Everybody who may not be on kind of Apple or kind of iOS. We, do, we are on Stitcher, so feel free to kind of listen to us. Rate us there. We'll be kind of chatting up a bunch. Um, also, if I you're a fan of... I tried to post stuff on Reddit and I couldn't. You have to teach, teach me how to do it. I got to add you as an admin. I, I was trying to like add stuff on the thread. Yeah. And I couldn't. I'm like, ah, fuck, I hate Reddit. I think, oh, oh, probably not. But uh, Apothic Red, if you listen to us, sponsor us so that we can provide ourselves with a lot of... Send us that wine. Yeah. I mean... I would love if anybody out there have seen a po- or found Apothic Red Inferno in Massachusetts. Holla at your boy. Or New England. Yeah, we can I'll drive you. We can drive. Oh, perfect. Oh, in that case, it's at Reading. So there you go. And with that, my name is Warren. I'm with my best buddy and confidant, Brylin. Oh, thank you for having me. You can Aww. find me, uh, according to these guys, hating on Civil War every day at Brylin, B R I L U N D, on Twitter. Send all your 
Civil War anti-hate there. Uh, send him all of your hate. Yeah. <laughs> At Hating on Civil War 2016. That's Brylin's uh, Twitter handle. Also with my buddy Mike. How's it going, Mike? What's happening? Find me at uh, myspace.com slash mynews. That's with three S's in the middle. Mynews. <laughs> I'm with Josh. <laughs> What's up, Josh? Good night, all. Uh, I'm with. Uh, also, we're here with uh, Jesse, the man, the myth, and the legend. Hi. I don't have any Twitter or Instagram or MySpaces. No, uh, not that we want to. I get never had you. MySpace, but uh, you'll find. Me. And last, but certainly not least, we well, have he is kind of the super volcano, Guillermo Duran. Um, I don't want to give out any more personal information, so it's just. Send whatever you want to talk to me about. Send it to Warren. Warren will function as my secretary. He will tell me. I sure will. Bye.